What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Right Path Podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in to the second episode of My Road to Recovery. You can follow me on Instagram at Comeback Odell and Facebook at Michael Odell. This is episode number two of My Road to Recovery, and again, I'm so thankful to be here. I'm so thankful just to be alive and to be able to share my story with you. If you haven't listened to part one, please do so before jumping into this episode. It's going to help set the context into what this series is about. Um, it's you know going to let you know a little bit about who I am, not necessarily as a person at that point, but who I am in regards to recovery and why I'm choosing to share my story with you all. Now, we left off last week, basically, when I was in treatment for the first time. It was around 2011, 2012, somewhere in that time frame, it, kind of a fog. Um, and, and it was actually very difficult. Uh, it wasn't the hardest thing I've been through by any means, but definitely difficult. Uh, what was hard in treatment, uh, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, is... You know, yeah, the step work, some of the steps are hard, some are hard for others, and some are, are easier for others. You know, there were some that were hard for me, there were some that were easy for me. Um, but for me personally, some of the hardest parts in treatment were the fact that this program is a honest program. Like, you have to be honest with who you are, you have to share things with your therapists and your counselors that. You told yourself you would never share with anybody. You're, you're taking it to the grave. It's not something that needs to be talked about, right? You can share certain parts of your story and leave out other certain parts. And, and that's going to be therapeutic. And it's going to be therapeutic enough so that when you leave treatment, you'll be good and, you know, you'll be good to go. And, you know, that's, unfortunately, that's not how it works. You, you can't hold back otherwise you'll be back in treatment you you got to just just put your boots on the ground get some sand in them and and get to work and so that's that's what was difficult for me in treatment um you know everybody has their own struggles everybody's gone through their own traumas everybody's gone through their own these these situations that uh are are um personalized to who you are and, and what you've gone through and it's it's difficult to talk about some things right they they set the tone in in your mind that you know you, you just you, you're not gonna you're not gonna bring it up you're not gonna talk about it so that's what was difficult for me was being honest with complete strangers in regards to some of these specific things that I've been through and you know, treatment is not a fix-all. Like we talked about in that in that first episode, treatment is not a fix-all solution. So, you know, after treatment, again, so I was hoping that going inpatient was going to be that fix-all type solution to my problems. Like, like it was going to magically turn me into the man that I was created to be, or or at least close to it. You know, just uh, just let me get a taste of that good life, right? The the healthy, productive life, right? The the life that seems uh, so fake and unrealistic based on what I've gone through or what you've gone through, right? Can you relate with me on that? Like at least on some level, can you relate with what I'm saying? Like 
Like, what are you going through right now that makes your dreams turn into this unrealistic goal that you can't attain because your today or your yesterday is holding you back, right? Like, what are you going through right now that's holding you back from from becoming the person that you want to be, right? If you can relate with me, then I got something to tell you this morning. You, my friends, have made it through 100% of your toughest days. You've made it through 100% of the days that seemed to never end, right? 100% of the days that tore your heart out, the days that broke you, 100% of those days, 100% of the battles that you faced, you've woke up with a fresh start. You may have lost that battle of yesterday, but you woke up today with a fresh start, completely fresh, right? The Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, the, the Bible says in verse 22 of Lamentations chapter 3, Because of the loving devotion of the Lord, we are not consumed, for His mercies never fail. Verse 23 says, They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So because of the loving devotion of the Lord, we're not consumed. Why are we not consumed? Because His mercies never fail. So because of the Lord's devotion to us, and His mercies never failing, we are not consumed. It's not because of something we did that we're not consumed. It's not because of something we did that allows us to make it through 100% of the toughest days we've ever gone through. It's because the Lord's mercies are new every morning. And the Lord wants us to be that change that we're wishing for our surroundings. Right? We want to, we should want to be that change that we're wishing for our surroundings. Because again, we talked about this in episode number one. We don't change because of external circumstances. Right? We, the, the, our situations may change or our reactions may change. But if we want our surroundings to change, we need to start the change. It starts with us. It starts with you. It starts with me. We got to be that change that we're wishing for our environment, for our home, for our friends, for our loved ones, for our family. We can't change them, but we can change for the better. And in, in turn, by, by us changing, right, people see it. People see that change and they, they, they want to know, man, what'd you do? Like, what? I know you from 10 years ago, man, and you're not the same person you are anymore. Like, what what did you do? And then that opens up the opportunity for you to share with them what you've gone through, what you did, and how it changed your life. So in order for us to be the best, for, for, for the best chance at change in our life, it starts with us. You see, when I, before I went to treatment, I didn't understand this. And when I was in treatment, I didn't learn this. And when I got out of treatment, I didn't understand any of what what I just explained. I never knew what a fresh start was. Because every day I woke up, I brought the past with me. My mind, my my mindset was, was all my past and not my future. I was so focused on what I should have done differently that I was blind to any hope of a brighter future. Can, can you relate with what I'm saying? At, at least on some level, I, I hope you're picking this up. It is impossible to see the light 
at the end of the tunnel when you're walking backwards, right? People often talk about, why can't you just see the light? I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel for you. I, I can, why can't you just see the light? Why can't you just see that you've got a brighter future if you change? Maybe it's because I'm walking backwards. You can't walk for me. Someone else can't walk this distance for me. i got to walk it myself. And if I'm walking backwards, I'm not going to see this light that they're seeing. They can walk with me. But if I'm walking backwards, I can't see what you're seeing. Constantly pulling at the past. You know, I didn't turn around for about five or six years after I was in treatment for alcohol addiction. When I got home from treatment, nothing, nothing was different. It was the, it, you know, it was the same situation that, that I was in before I, before I went to treatment. And, and again, nothing can change us but us, right? We have to be that change. And, and, you know, it's like that. A lot of people, they, you know, when you go to treatment, you go to a program, you go to rehab, whatever it is you're going to, to go do to change your life, even joining the military or going to college or whatever it is, whatever you're leaving behind, when you come back to it, chances are it's going to be the same. And if you haven't changed, then you're not bringing anything different back to your environment. And if you're not bringing anything back to your environment that's new, how can you expect it to be different? Right? Some of the things that, that, that I think didn't work for me was that I, you know, I love, I man, I love people. I love to barbecue. I love to have friends over. I love to serve people. I, I, I love to cook. I love to, to, to entertain, right? I like doing those things. I love people. And I didn't want to stop that, but I didn't know how, I also didn't know how to act. I didn't know how to, how to operate with a clear mind around people that weren't clear minded. It, it just didn't jive. It didn't click. And so what I did was I took it upon myself to, when I got back from treatment, I was going to, instead of cutting everybody off and, and essentially what I thought was my lifeline, right? Cutting off my lifeline, um, I was going to just drink non-alcoholic beer, right? Some O'Doul's or, or, or some of those, you know, uh, uh, near beers or whatever you call them. And I think it, it took four, maybe five days and I was back at it again. Right. So I had a barbecue and I remember this, I had a barbecue and I had some friends over. Of course they brought beer. They were kind of being a little weird because I didn't know what to do around me. And of course I kept promising everybody, no, it's okay. It's cool, man. I, I don't want to drink. I'm cool. I got some, you know, I got some non-alcoholic beer. We're going to barbecue, turn on some music, have fun, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, th I think that weekend, maybe I didn't drink, but the next week, you know, I was back at it again. And again, you know, life doesn't change for you. You have to change to change your life. Life doesn't change for you. So when I got back home from treatment, you know, I, I think I expected my surroundings to be different because my new goal, right, was to stay sober. You know, you know how when we set a goal that everyone else has to change what they're doing so that we can reach our goal the easiest way possible, right? We don't change 
they change and we follow suit, right? Well, that's a, it's a pretty twisted way of thinking, although it's actually pretty normal for a person who is completely lost in this world to think like that, or at least have those thoughts dominate their mind, right? But that's not how the world works by any means. And, you know, this cycle continued for me until my son was born. Uh, Tristan Connor Odell, TKO, my little knockout, right? He was born August 27th, 2013. And I was begging for this to be the change. I... I, I told myself, like, now, you know, if I didn't have a good reason to change up till this point, now I do. I have a son, my firstborn son, right? The love of my life, my lifeline, my new lifeline, the, the, the reason I have to change. I have to change for him, right? And I was hoping that he would be the change that I needed. Now, looking back... He wasn't aware of this, but how much pressure do you think was on my son as a newborn child, not even able to take care of himself, and the pressure to change, to completely change who I was, was on him? Golly. You know, it, it kills me to talk about this. Because I didn't change for my son. The love that I had for him wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to stop me in my tracks. We can't change for anybody. And we can't change because of anybody. It's painful to say. But it's true. At least it was true for me. Maybe it's true for you too. Or maybe you feel like you lost a loved one. Maybe you lost a loved one and you feel like there was something you could have done to change them or to change the outcome or to change the situation. And if you have lost a loved one due to this disease, I'm sorry. I feel for you, but there's nothing you could have done differently to change them. There's nothing you could have done. What happens not your fault. There's nothing. There's nothing we can do to change other people. Only thing we can do is change ourselves. So the common denominator throughout this entire series on recovery is that no external circumstances or situations can change someone internally. External circumstances, they they may create different reactions to the circumstance or situation, but it doesn't change the person inside. And so life goes on this vicious cycle Day in and day out, nothing changing for the better. In fact, each day was worse than the day before. You know, I was constantly living in darkness, constantly walking backwards. You know, therefore, I was unable to see any source of light in the distance. I I continued to get arrested. I continued to drink. I continued to get high. While at the same time, I was internally begging for the cycle to end, begging for a new beginning. The problem is the new beginning I was begging for was one that would change my past. Okay? You feel like, do you ever want to change your past? Well, it's impossible to change your past. 
but it's not impossible to turn your past into a positive uh, resource for you and for others, right? You can certainly do that, but you can't change your past. Now, I was unhappy. I was I was living in darkness, and I was constantly grabbing at this concept that if I would have done something different, my life would be different, right? I was I was constantly pulling back at you know when I was 15 years old. If I would have gone back to school uh, and and gotten good grades and went to college, like life would be different. Got a good job, life would be different, right? But none of those things can change or fill this void that you got in your heart. If you got a hole in your heart, nothing that you put in is going to change except that specific shape that is shaped to go inside of that hole. And we talked about that in episode one. Right? So I continued to get arrested. Uh, I continued to drink, use drugs. And, you know, now it's it's about uh, 2014, right? We're in the year 2014. And something changes for the worst. Uh, and my mind had me thinking it was for the better. You know, I, I started uh, using methamphetamine and, and other drugs. Uh, but... The, the amphetamine slowed down and almost stopped my alcohol addiction. Isn't that crazy? Right? Like, I, I swapped poisons. Even when I look back on it, my, it blows my mind. Because that's not me. That's, that's not my identity. That's not who I am, man. I, that's not how I was raised. It's not how I was raised. What was happening is that I still had that hole in my heart. It has a specific design for a specific shape, and nothing I put in there will fit or fill the void, right? Nothing will fill that void. But I will tell you one thing, that a new feeling was good enough for me at the time. It seemed to be just what I needed, you know, right at the time when I felt like giving up. When I felt like all I wanted was this life to be over, a new substance was introduced into my life and it changed the way I was feeling, right? Alcohol at the at, in the beginning was changing the way I was feeling and it was and it, it would numb my traumas, it would numb what I was going through, it would numb my body. But over the years of continued abuse, it, it quit having that, which was, you know, it's all a negative effect, but it felt like a positive effect. It quit having that feeling of a positive effect. And that's when I felt like giving up. And then and then I started using this drug. And it changed. It was a new feeling. And it began to take that place, that numbing agent uh, that the alcohol had in my life. So that was good enough for me at the time. And I started using every day. It began to consume my life. In an unimaginable way. It's, it's, it's like, uh, I'm telling you, it's like the devil in disguise, man. It will literally consume your every thought, your every action. It, it turns your heart dark. And, and to put this into some perspective, right? So I'm six foot tall. Uh, I've always had a good build. And, you know, I, I super athletic. Uh, Could have been a baseball star. Right, I I joined the Marine Corps, and you know I had perfect PFT scores, 
you know, banging out 20 pull-ups, running three miles in under 18 minutes, uh, you know, 100 sit-ups in, I think it was two minutes, just just a stellar Marine in great shape. And when I got out of the Marine Corps, I went to the oil field and I gained some weight, had that, that oil field gut going on, right? But I, I was about 245, solid build, right? Slinging pipe, super strong, solid build. And... I lost all that, like I lost all that weight. I began to deteriorate. I went from a solid 245 to about 180 pounds. I remember my brother Steven coming by my house one time. Uh, I think I knew he was in town, but I was really hoping he didn't come by. I had some people over at my house that I shouldn't have had over my house. I was doing some things I shouldn't have been doing in my house. My brother came by. And I could just see the look of disgust and sadness in his face when he saw me. It breaks my heart. And then again, you know, that that didn't really click because, I, I don't know, I just didn't get along with my brother at that time. He was doing good and I was doing bad. We we didn't have any anything we could relate relate to. And and I remember one th- Thanksgiving, um, I think it was Thanksgiving in 2014, I I went to my parents' house and you know we had had Thanksgiving lunch like normal and it was kind of a weird environment because I think everybody could tell I wasn't doing good for sure they could tell because when I left when I went to leave my mom came outside and she broke down I was crying and I don't remember the conversation you know back and forth but I remember her saying you know she 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 thought I was dying my mom thought I was dying literally. And I'm confident if, if I wouldn't have stopped, I, I would have died. I, I, if something wouldn't have changed, and we'll talk about that, but if that change wouldn't have happened, I would have died. I would have died in this sickness. And so, you know, that just kind of puts things in perspective. I went from 245 pounds to 180 pounds in a year. And, you know, I, I got a couple drug charges. I, I was I spent weekends in jail. 2015, I went up to the jail, uh, check myself in Thursday night, check out Sunday, go to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, check back in. I did that for the majority of the year. And I finally started to, you know, get a grip on what was going on in my life and, and starting to change. And I remember, you know, this one specific night, uh, I, I think I had been sober a couple weeks maybe and... I asked my mom to watch my son. She's she asked me, she said, Why do you, why why do you want me to watch Tristan? I was like, because I wanna, you know, I wanna go up to I wanna go up to the bar, I wanna shoot some pool, I'm not gonna drink, I just wanna get out of the house. And she told me, she said, if you go out tonight, you're not gonna make it home. And I was like, Mom, please, yeah, I'll be fine. I'm not gonna go drink. I'm just gonna go up there for a couple hours, I'll be home by ten o'clock, you know. She's like, You're not gonna make it home. Sure enough, I ended up running from the law. Drunk as a skunk, going to get some drugs. And, you know, so I was on probation, got that got that evading arrest charge, and, and that was it. But, you know, so I bonded out on that, and uh, there's this court date, right? This court date. And I got my indictment, and I swear it was on the 17th, right? Or, I, yeah. And so we go to court. My dad's bringing me to court. My mom wrote the date down on her calendar. Like we all saw this specific date. 
and we go to court that specific date. You know, we put the indictment up, wrote it on the calendars, went to court that date, and there was a trial going on. And I was like, well, this ain't for me. And uh, sure enough, I missed court by one day. I showed up a day late to the courthouse for three felony charges, and they were not happy about that. So, you know, we're so we're running out of time. I, I'm going to save the rest of this for the next episode. But I, what I want to leave you is with this Romans chapter eight, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Right. Quit holding on to your past. God bless you and thank you so much for joining me on this journey. Please tune in next week where I will share with you how I was able to turn what seemed to be the darkest of times into this beautiful picture of what someone is able to accomplish once they set their mind on tomorrow instead of yesterday. Quit walking backwards, people. God bless you.